The thing about comparing rates at Progressive.com is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about comparing rates at Progressive.com. We probably don't even need the words comparing rates anymore to remind you that seasoning steaks at Progressive.com is an easy way to save on car insurance. Or that swimming in trousers helps you find the lowest rate. And that's the thing about foraging for truffles. You've heard a lot of ads about standing tiptoe on a cinder block. Compare rates and <clears throat> sing softly to a wounded field mouse and save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hey, it's Rick from upstairs. Yeah, I take it seriously. When I play R&B at one in the morning, that's me saying, hey, I'm here for you. And I enjoy repetitive bass lines. I only use expired batteries in my smoke detectors. <laughs> nice, right? Yeah, upstairs neighbors help people forget their troubles. Give them something else to focus on. Ooh, want to see how high I can jump? Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor. No, wait, let me try again. But we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. I'm your host, Daniela. Stay tuned every Monday morning for new episodes. Interested in becoming a part of our community? You can find us on Instagram at Making Sense of Success. Stay tuned for future episode series and pod weeks. Email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmail.com or shoot us a DM if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Thanks for tuning in and joining our journey. Enjoy this episode. Good morning. Happy Saturday morning. Welcome, Isabel, to Making Sense of Success. Did you want to give a little bio about yourself so our listeners can get to know you more? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Isabel Karitsis. Um, that is also my Instagram handle. Uh, just to get it out of the way, it's Greek and people get really confused about my last name. So um, I am a IBS health coach. Uh, I do gut health stuff on Instagram, but I also work part-time, um, not part-time, I work full-time in my mind. It's kind of part-time. I hope my boss is listening to this, um, as a consultant for a big technology company. So I spend a lot of my time balancing between, um, my work nine to five work. And then also my passion, which is talking about all things, gut health, wellness, um, unpacking wellness a little bit and the the shoulds and the, you know, things people feel like they need to do to be healthy and, you know, digging a little bit behind the why um, has been a really interesting conversation to be uh, having right now. That's kind of a topic that's been floating around a lot um, with my community. So um, I struggled with IBS for, well, I guess I still do struggle with IBS. Uh, It's not something that particularly totally goes away, but um, I've had it for about 15 years uh, and, I got started on this whole journey when I was trying to figure out what the heck was wrong with me and why my stomach always hurt. Um, Long story short, I ended up working with a bunch of doctors um, and learning a ton about myself, which is kind of how my community and voice on Instagram arrived at what it is today. Um, And then I became a health coach because I love talking about that so much and I wanted to help other people um, and I got so many, you know, questions and DMs about um, what to do in these kinds of situations where your IBS is really bad and you don't really feel like you're getting any answers. So kind of a long-winded way of saying currently I do a million things uh, and I am looking forward to shifting that down to um, a couple of 
really focused, passionate things that I love doing. I don't know if that even answered your question. That was yeah, absolutely all no, good. and that's so awesome that you do so many things and that kind of your full time job is different, right, to the content that you post on Instagram. But I think it's also that you were able to learn, right, what was kind of, I guess hindering like your ability to do things in like a day-to-day life or like your everyday experience you know because like IBS that's not something that is always like easily dealt with on a day-to-day basis it interrupts your life right so I think it's amazing you're able to pass on that knowledge through your Instagram thank you I appreciate that I mean I I truly love talking about it like it makes me laugh so much because I'm like yeah I like love just talking about like poop on the internet like that's just it brings me joy and like where are my passions what is happening right now (laughs) and I guess to get started we can we'll jump into your journey and your story a bit more in a bit but um we like to ask a couple icebreaker questions so the first one will be what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or given someone um kind of in line with what I was just saying but the best piece of advice that I think I've been trying to give to a lot of people right now is genuinely doing what works for you um i know that that's not really like a cute little catchphrase or anything but um i think right now and just in general with social media it's so easy to get caught up in the oh i need to have these rituals and meditate and do this and this and this and and, like eat this um it's a lot of noise and i think it's you know the, the most important piece of advice anyone could get right now as we're consuming so much content from so many different voices is to genuinely check in with yourself and make sure that what you're doing actually works for you uh, and your body. So that is my resounding piece of advice for everybody listening. I think that's a great piece of advice because, yeah, sometimes I feel like it can be really overwhelming, right, to hear other people's morning routines or even rituals, like you were saying, or things, you know what I mean, that are a must on their to-do list on a daily. Um, It can be really overwhelming when sometimes you don't really have that time to do it or sometimes... You just don't really feel like it. Okay, yeah. I think um, knowing and understanding all of the options is the most beautiful thing ever. Like taking other people's routines, et cetera, and using them as an example of, you know, what your options are and then cherry picking a little from this, a little from this and crafting something that works for yourself. But copying and pasting somebody else's life onto your own is never going to be what totally fills up your cup. I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's, it's so important to tailor things to yourself. And I don't want to say take everything with like as a grain of salt, but um, not everything right is going to work for you for what works for other people to get them going. So it's definitely important to, yeah, see and look what, like, you feel that you're capable of doing, you know, or have enough time to be able to implement your day-to-day or even maybe weekly. It doesn't have to be every day, but definitely important to create your own kind of routine for yourself. Absolutely. And then the other question is kind of centered around this whole podcast, and it's, do you think your definition of success has changed over time? And if so, what would it be? Oh my gosh, yes. And I think that that probably has to do a lot with like unpacking and therapy topics and inner child, because I don't know if anybody else um, can relate to this. I'm sure there are people that can, but I grew up as a child of immigrants who um, wanted nothing more for me than to go to college and get the business job and just be safe and secure. And that was success. Um, and it was always sprinkled with a little bit of their ambitions of like, well, and also if you do, 
you know, what makes you happy and, and you're passionate about, you'll also be successful. Um, but that was never as um, emphasized as the, you know, you're getting your degree in business, you're going, you're getting the job. So my vision of success was really molded off of that like traditional career for a really long time, which is how I ended up where I am today. Um, now that I'm sitting here, though, you know, it, I can't deny that that is the traditional and privileged aspect um, and, you know, lens of success. But I think um, you can unpack that a little bit and really look at, you know, your question of what success means to you. Success to me right now is genuinely being happy, doing things that you like to do um, that, you know, maybe in some way can sustain you, whether you're spending your time outside of work, um, you know, really enjoying all of your extracurriculars. And it makes the trade-off of doing a job you're not 115% passionate about worth it. Um, I think, you know, it's a balance and success will look a little bit differently to everybody. But net-net, I think success is being in a place where you feel confident and happy in the way you're spending your time. Right, because it's also so important to be happy in your body, you know, and even like in the space that you're in, at the people you're surrounding yourself with. It's a very really taking it yourself right and putting yourself as the priority is important and that at the end of the day you know will be leading to success in your own mind really but also happiness in general beyond um necessarily your job your nine to five whatever um or even accomplishments there you know because that's not something at the end of the day you can come home to or something like that that's always kind of what i think about am i happy at the end of the day where i am Exactly. Like no matter how you're filling your time, as long as you feel like you're using it in a way that is more positive and fulfilling than not, then I think that's, you know, really where my, my definition of success stands today. Definitely. And I guess um, we can get a little bit more into your story now, if you're good to go with that. Um, I guess, what, what did, yeah, like um, you're talking about how you'd been dealing with IBS for about 15 years. And I guess, you sought out like uh, medical attention for that, right? And how did you go, I guess, about taking that next step to be able to share all that knowledge with others uh, through your Instagram and build that community? That's a, that's a great question. Um, so it, it really is um, kind of a twofold story. So I started my Instagram account way before I was ever fully dealing with like the diagnosis and treatment of um SIBO, which was a result of IBS, so kind of a windy story, but I have always had IBS, um, you know, as long as I can remember. Um, and that was just kind of a blanket statement for like, oh, your stomach hurts sometimes, like after meals or when you're really stressed and we don't really know why and there's probably nothing we can do to fix it. Like, here you go, go have a nice life. So I was dealing with that for, um, you know, my whole high school experience, my whole college experience. And then after college, I kind of just had this, like, I need a, I need a hobby. Why don't I make an Instagram and post what I'm eating, which I think, you know, welcome. Everybody's doing that now. Um, it's fantastic. But that was really all my account started out as. Um, and through the course of, you know, life, I ended up developing SIBO, um, which is a very multifaceted sort of condition that, you know, stems from a whole lot of things like, 
eating habits and unpacking the way that you're, you know, snacking or binge eating or so many, so many factors. Um, so I was going through these horrible stomach flares, um, probably like once a day, if not several times a week, where after almost every meal, I was just in crippling pain. Um, and this was probably about a year into having my Instagram account, um, where I was just posting food and stuff. And so I started sharing about the stomach issues that I was having and like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm dying. Like what's going on. Uh, and that sort of followed me through figuring out that I needed to see a doctor. Um, it was actually my audience on Instagram who was like, I think you might have SIBO, which stands for small intestine bacteria overgrowth. Um, it's actually responsible for about 80% of IBS cases. And the cool thing is, is that you can treat SIBO. So I, uh, went to a GI, I had a really bad experience, um, just with being really dismissed and, you know, you don't have SIBO, you don't have the right symptoms. We're not going to test you. Um, what I should have done is gone to another GI to confirm, but I went to a functional medicine doctor after that, which worked really, really well for me, but it's not always the most accessible option for people listening. Um, and tested for SIBO, ended up getting back really high results. So a lot of bacteria present in a part of your digestive system where it shouldn't be, um, which, you know, consumes your food and starts digesting your food before the digestive process is supposed to happen. So what happens there is they, the bacteria in your small intestine end up, you know, um, giving off gas and drawing water to your small intestine, which is not supposed to be happening. Uh, and it causes a lot of pain. So I was sharing all about this on Instagram. Um, and then my experience with seeing the GI and then seeing the functional medicine doctor and then seeing, um, results after I did testing and treatment, uh, treatment is there are a couple options for treatment. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it unfolded. And then after that, I ended up just really connecting. And I feel like I hit a chord with a lot of people who were like, holy shit, like this is what I feel like all the time. And I've been dismissed by doctors or I don't even know where to start. You know, I remember when I was first um, realizing how uncomfortable I was all the time, I was scouring the internet for anything that could just give me a clue. And I ended up finding a couple of blogs, um, you know, influencers that have also had digestive issues that just had, you know, one or two blog posts here or there about IBS and SIBO and the low FODMAP diet, which is the diet recommended to understand, figure out what your food triggers are. Um, so I was really just piecemealing together information off the internet uh, and realized there, there needed to be a better resource. Somebody who was sharing about their experience, somebody who was talking about what their options are. Um, honestly, somebody for even just solidarity. It's the most isolating experience ever. You can't, you know, you feel like you can't eat anything or go out with friends or, you know, do a lot of the stuff that you want to just do to live your daily life. Um, so that was kind of how it all unfolded. And because of the feedback that I got from my community, I ended up getting my health coaching certification. Um, I was just having really fantastic conversations with people, um, unpacking stuff together, giving people tips about what I learned through my experience uh, and my research. 
Um, I'm not a medical professional, but at this point I am a health coach. Um, my focus is on IBS because of my learned experience and then all of the research I had to do after that to really understand, um, you know, what am I doing that's, that's hurting me and what am I doing that's helping me? So it's kind of how it all unfolded. Um, and to this day, it's still one of my favorite things to talk about. And I think that's so inspiring to hear about how your audience on Instagram, your followers, your community, um, were supporting you this whole time and how they were kind of the ones to be like, oh yeah, like go become a health coach. And even then they were the ones to kind of suggest to you that, oh, maybe you're experiencing this other thing, right? That's causing you IBS. That that's so cool to hear about. I think is that so many people were, you know, nobody wanted to step on my toes or, you know, nobody, Hey, I'm a doctor, but a lot of people were like, I think you have SIBO. I think you really need to get tested. And I was so resistant to that for such a long time. I probably went six months of people telling me they thought I had SIBO without even thinking about medical intervention. Cause it's kind of, it, it's a daunting thing to think, okay, like I have this thing that I haven't heard of that people on the internet are telling me I have. It's, it's kind of scary. Um, and to this day, you know, people that come to me and say, here are my symptoms. And, you know, the first thing I say is like, I'm not a doctor, but you know, these are all of the symptoms of SIBO. And, you know, I find that people are really resistant to that information too. Um, But it is a really interesting give and take because it's something that is not for some reason um, readily tested that I've found at least in the GI side of the world. Um, you know, you can't do a quick test for it at the hospital or at your doctor's office. You have to do a whole diet and then test. It's like a two day process. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it speaks to how amazing uh, my community is, but it just was really interesting to have people be like, Hey, I'm not a doctor, but you probably have this and you need to get checked out. And it's responsible for like 80, 80% of IBS cases. I mean, that's, yeah, like it's crazy to hear that too, that it's responsible for a lot, like the majority of those cases being 80%, as you said. And I guess when you decided to take the next step and become a health coach after your community kind of suggested that to you and um, pushed you to do that, what were the necessary steps into becoming a health coach? I did a lot of research about which program I wanted to do and um there are a couple of really good options out there, but ultimately I wanted something that was really, really science-based, something created by doctors or a registered dietitian or um, somebody who would use evidence-based research to break down the aspects of health. So I did a ton of research. I ended up doing my certification through the Nutritious Life Nutritious Life Studio. Um, It's taught by Carrie Glassman, who is a registered dietitian in New York, who is so wonderful, um, really well regarded. The program is also a lot more affordable than other really big name health coaching institutes. Um, but I ended up doing that one. It took me uh, a while to complete, but the modules were just so informative, you know, breaking down nutrition basics, breaking down the business aspects and counseling and working with people. Um, it, it was, you know, a big investment in myself, but it's one of honestly one of the one of my favorite investments in myself that I've made. Right. And 
I love that you've been able to also like include that into your Instagram and continue to share that knowledge that you've gained so that others can also learn and be able to apply those things into their day-to-day lives, whatever they pick and choose, like we talked about. But also even just, yeah, like from a health aspect, I think that's so important to have accessible information. And Instagram's a really great platform for especially like the younger generations like ourselves to be able to learn more about it and how you can kind of have a healthier lifestyle in general. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, if you can weed out all of the noise and get rid of any pressure to kind of be a version of yourself that doesn't feel authentic to you. I think social media is like the most wonderful, fantastic resource for learning about life and and health and options and wellness. I mean, I would not be in the place I am today without Instagram, as silly as that sounds. I mean, I would, I would, I don't even know if I ever would have got treatment because I don't know right. if I would have realized what was happening. So as much as people hate on Instagram and TikTok and whatever, I think it is fantastic. And yeah, I, I can imagine it does still take time, you know, to be able to build like a platform like that as you have on Instagram. Um, but you also work, you still work your corporate nine to five, right? So how do you balance those, I guess, to make sure, I don't know, maybe you're not feeling overwhelmed or on the yeah. end of burnout? Um. I would say that I don't know if I balance them very well. <laughs> uh, just being perfectly honest, my nine to five is really an eight to six and it's incredibly stressful. Um, I am a very empathic human being and I take on a lot of the stress of others through my nine to five job. Um, it's incredibly stressful and the content that I put out on Instagram um, and TikTok and everything, um, and writing. I mean, it really is what keeps me sane. Like truly, I have such a creative outlet um, to help sort of center my real self back to earth and ground down. Um, I spend, you know, all of my t- free time um, writing and working on captions and taking pictures and planning out meals for the week ahead and thinking about what my audience wants to hear. Um, I don't think it's sustainable the way that I'm going about things right now, but I, I, you know, it works. Um, and until a switch needs to happen, um, I think this sort of un- unbalanced juggle is just going to be my reality. And, you know, I'm just being honest. I don't want to ever come across as one of those people who's like, oh, I have it all figured out. I am balancing my job and my side hustle and I have time to go to Pilates 18 times. It's like, no, I, I don't. I'm stressed. <laughs> it's a mess. Um, I'm making it work though because I love what I do on social media so, 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 so much. Um, but it just, I make it work, you know? <laughs> Definitely, you know, and I thank you for being honest. You know, it takes a strong person to be able to do that because I think we all sometimes like to believe or would want to believe that we have it all balanced out and that we're juggling everything perfectly fine you know but the reality of it is most of us don't do that like it's not it's not an easy thing to do especially like when you're younger too there's so many things going on I feel like depending where you're at in your stages of life but sometimes like for me I find the chaos sometimes works for some reason, yeah, it's not always I think, the healthiest, but it works. No, but I think, like, especially with me, you know, just how I gauge it off of how I'm feeling. If I get an idea about something 
or there's something I want to write about and it starts flowing. Like it's like a faucet going full speed. Like I cannot turn it off. And it just, it feels fulfilling in those moments because those are the moments that add up that let me, you know, sleep well at night, knowing that I'm creating and doing something that, um, feels like authentic and that I'm passionate about, but it is by no means like a balanced act. And I can't control when it happens either. If I have an idea, I'm having the idea. It's like giving birth. Like I, it's coming, I can't stop it. And like, if I'm in the middle of something else or I'm stressed and it's not a good time, like it happens anyway. Like there's no, (laughs) there's no like, Oh, excuse me idea. I'm actually in the middle of something else. Um, can you wait? Like, no, it's we're all over the place and it's all happening. Right. All at once. I think it is important to have that creative aspect in your life. For me, I found um, during the pandemic, I was kind of looking for something else to do. So I, this podcast was one outlet, but as well as even I just started doing pottery classes and then I've kind of continued <gasps> that now. So that's cool. like something else, you know, like you just find things that work for you or maybe that you're willing to put the time towards, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even take away some stress from your day to day, um, but no, I definitely agree. And if that's something like that your Instagram's doing, it's amazing because it's also sharing knowledge and building community with a bunch of others. So that's great. Yeah, I totally agree. That's awesome that you're doing pottery. That's like an absolute goal of mine. Uh, you know, definitely try it. It's great. It's it takes away a lot of stress. I find. I can imagine like really getting in there with some clay, yeah, like beating it, really <laughs> it up. That sounds great. <laughs> I guess one of the other questions I will ask you is, are you working from home right now? Yeah, I am working from home. Um, I've actually always worked from home, so it wasn't the biggest switch for me. Uh, Yeah, when I started my corporate job, I got put on a project that was always entirely remote. So I've actually been remote for ever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, so then you must have quite a few great tips for working from home to make sure you're not feeling... I guess always like so sluggish. I find sometimes I just feel so tired and that I don't really have as much motivation, you know, to do anything just because I'm at home all the time. I'm in like a cozy area. Yeah. Tips, I guess, to make sure you're able to get done what you need to get done. I am a big fan of the always alarm clock. And I, that's something I learned in college actually, where I was, you know, on days that I was sleeping till like 10:30, I'd wake up and I'd be like, Hmm, interesting. I feel like shit. What's happening. I don't have time to like, I lost my entire morning. Um, and I know that that's not possible with working, but I am, you know, still. So, so what I would do in those scenarios, I, I think I started at some point setting an alarm for like 8:30 every single day, even if I had nothing to do, maybe sometimes nine o'clock, nine 30. Um, and I think that's like my biggest piece of advice for working from home now I do not do well rolling out of bed and throwing my computer open. Um, I very much like to get up at like seven o'clock, seven thirty, have my coffee, have a minute to do whatever I need to do, whether that's morning pages or like maybe taking a shower, going outside, just, you know, your basics. Um, I think that that is probably my biggest tip. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. It doesn't really seem revolutionary, but the other thing that, for me working from home is the idea of releasing the pressure that life is supposed to look the same as it did before the pandemic. Like 
we're in a pandemic. Like if you're not going outside and running errands and getting 10,000 steps a day and all of that, like life looks different right now. And I think that's okay. Like there, there are days that being at home all day does feel really good. And I think um, it's only natural as humans to be like, Hmm, I have been in sweatpants all day and I'm inside and that doesn't seem good but I actually felt really good doing that. Like I liked that. And I think it's, it's kind of important to dissect that pressure of like, well, why do I feel like I need to go outside? And did I have something to do today? Like, no, like, was it okay that I was inside today working and, and whatever? Yes. Um, I think it's just like an interesting dialogue. It's a huge mental hurdle because all things pandemic are, but that's my, those are my two biggest working from home tips, set an alarm and also life looking differently is like exactly what's supposed to be happening right now. Which I think are really great tips though, because they are easily like applicable, you know, into people's day to day lives. Those are one thing that just take, you just press a button for the alarm. Yeah. And then the other one too, is just something of spending time with yourself and doing things maybe you enjoy or that kind of yeah like de-stress your mind when you wake up in the morning so you're not like overwhelmed or cluttered already but when it by the time it's 8 a.m <laughs> yeah 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 I have a whole morning situation that that doesn't involve anything fancy like I'm not doing like rubbing my body with turmeric and cinnamon and lemon water like I get up I have some water I make the bed sometimes I shower I always like I shower every day but for some reason, I have given myself permission to not need to shower, like, first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll shower during my lunch break. Like, oh, I get it now, if I, too, after working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, for some reason, I was, like, you know, those days where you're like, oh, I, did, I didn't shower this morning. Like, I feel, like, so unproductive or, like, a slob. I'm like, hold on, I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not going outside. Like, if I shower at noon versus 8 a.m., like, am I going to be happier because I had time this morning to, like, do something else I wanted to do? Yes. Is it going to be the end of the world? Literally, no. question that I wanted to bring up as well was um, your ebook that talks about high vibe, low vibe. Would oh you my mind gosh. touching on that a bit more and, like, yeah. there's a little debrief on it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was on vacation a couple of years ago and in a place life just felt really sticky. Like, I don't know if anyone, you know, do you get what that means? Like sticky, like there were things that I was like, I don't really love everything I'm doing or eating or consuming right now. And then there are things, you know, it's when you feel there's sort of like a shift happening and like there are things I really, really love that I want more of in my life. And I got my journal out because, you know, bringing a journal on vacation in case anything revolutionary or anyone has an epiphany, I don't know. I always bring a journal with me on vacation. <laughs> and I drew a line down the middle of the page. And on one side, I wrote high vibe. And on the other side, I wrote low vibe. Because it was the only way that I could sort of mentally break down this sort of like juxtaposition of stickiness versus like absolute euphoria that I was feeling. I'm like, what's happening in each of these directions? So on the high vibe side of the page I wrote down everything that I was loving everything from like the Instagram accounts that were bringing me joy to like the flavors that I was liking like we were on vacation so I was like I like hibiscus and coconut and just like really fresh light whatever and the point of it was that it's just a total brain dump in the moment of like 
what do I love that makes me feel so joyous and fulfilled and juicy and good and like life is happening in all of the right ways everything from the people in your life to the feelings you have to the food you eat to you know what's in your home spanning all corners of the world and then low vibe was like what am I consuming that's really making me feel like dragged back down to earth in a heavy way that I want to release that I don't really want as part of my life anymore um and just kind of did a brain dump on that side too and you know the Instagram accounts that were leaving me feeling a little bit like I didn't like that or the foods I was eating like I, I always put scrambled eggs on my low vibe list like it can be literally anything like for some reason I'm always convinced that I'm gonna like scrambled eggs and then I have them and I'm like this sucks scrambled eggs are low vibe for me that could change so it's kind of just this really cool brain brain dump of like what is good right now um and what is not good right now and i love that it's as simple as that so i shared that with my community around july of 2020 and it took off like a million bucks like people are um really really attached to the exercise which i think is fantastic i mean somebody mentioned messaged me yesterday and they were like i've always been looking for a journal that can kind of help me get to the bottom of a lot of the stuff that i'm feeling but every journal or every prompt that i've picked up has been so structured and makes me feel like i am just writing just to explain something away or just answering the question to say that I ticked the box and it doesn't feel off. Like, I feel like I'm lying to these journal prompts because I'm making up information in order to have something to say. So it's really just an open-ended exercise. Um, and around December, I just started writing a lot of journal prompts and thinking about really good questions um, and reflections. I don't know if it was like a 2020s ending and I have a lot of thinking to do sort of thing. And I looked down at what I was writing and I was like, holy, I have an ebook. Like, this is a journal that I'm writing. I should share this. So I ended up creating an ebook that is just basically a life edit. Um, it has 12 structured high vibe, low vibe exercises in it that span from all corners of, you know, the world and universe and life um, and breaking it down by topic so that you can get really deep into each category as opposed to doing one general high vibe, low vibe list, which was the exercise that I had previously shared. Um, this ebook and journal is to go deep um, into all the different corners. And then I uh, supplemented that with a lot of journal prompts and exercises and reflections. So it's over 60 pages. There are over 60 journal prompts, um, 12 high vibe, low vibe exercises, like I said, and it really just is truly a life edit. Um, sweep through all corners of your world, see what's sticky that needs to go and attach yourself, anchor yourself to what is good. And you feel magnetized towards to continue keeping more of that in your life. Um, it was so much fun to make and, and so healing to write too. exploring all of the journal prompts. It is my first baby that I have shared with my audience in terms of like products or anything. Um, and it's been just really exciting. It's been so well received and it has made me so happy to see people getting them bind or bound or um, giving them as gifts and stuff. So it's been just really fantastic. That's amazing. And I mean, in a time like now, I think that's so great to have, especially like considering the new year and after a pandemic and the pandemic continues yeah. dealing with new life circumstances. But 
Yeah, it sounds like a really refreshing exercise to be able uh, to, as you said, kind of dump everything on the page and just leave it there <laughs> and feel the yeah, exactly. de-stress. So I'll definitely link that below. So if anyone wants to check that out, um, and I'll also link down below Isabel's Instagram, which will connect you to that. And then I'll ask you one last deep question, Isabel, and then we'll be good. Okay. Um, so the last question I like to ask is, what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Ooh, I would say, and kind of like the theme of this episode is that you hold more truth than you realize and your body is talking to you and the way you feel about things um, is the way you feel about things. And there's no reason to try to conform to something you feel like you should be doing or something that makes you not feel fantastic, but you think it is the right thing to be doing uh, in terms of, you know, health and wellness fads. Um, I think my biggest takeaway that I really want everybody to walk away with is just knowing that there is a path for you and then there's a path for literally everybody else and yours does not have to look like the rest of them. Um, make decisions that work for you and your body listen to what you like and what you don't like and you don't have to do something like I don't know lemon water in the morning if, if you don't like doing it so biggest takeaway we are our own biggest cheerleaders and I think that kind of being in charge of your own decisions and really asking yourself why often is one of the most important questions and most important things that you can do I completely agree and yeah it is important to ask like why do I do the things I do right on a daily basis do they make me happy there's just so many factors that play into that so I thank you so much for sharing that beautiful message you're welcome and you know with the why thing also when you don't like something just to kind of probe a little further and be like well why don't I like that is so revealing for things that are important to work on too and setting boundaries I think why is a great question for the both positive and negative and yeah, no, I think that's a really good perspective you just brought up too, that isn't always talked about, you know, thinking about why don't I like a certain thing or maybe why I need maybe more space from something or yeah, like mm-hmm. as you said, setting up boundaries. So no, I thank you for bringing up that point as well. That's a really good perspective too. And then did you want to share your socials so people can find you and connect with you? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, my thank you. My Instagram is Isabel Caritzis, I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-K-O-R-I-T-S-A-S. That is also my TikTok handle. I am (laughs) new to TikTok, but I'm having so much fun. I'm like obsessed with TikTok, so you can find me there. Um, And then my website is Good Gut Feelings, um, all separated by hyphens. So good-gut-feelings.com. And I think that that is it. My ebook is on my website. And I think that's everywhere that I am on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and give us a rating. Also check us out on Instagram at Making Sense of Success and tune in next Monday for our next episode.